Alrighty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for What the Hell Day Is It? It's month, Tuesday, the 13th of December, 2022. Welcome to it. Happy Tuesday to you. Uh, yes. Uh, those of you, nobody's choosing my book. They're choosing Trump. What the hell? No, I'm just kidding. Choose Trump. Let's get rid of, let's get this book to somebody's house before Christmas. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Enter to win the signed book by President Donald Trump or me. Next week I'll be on there and then I'll write whatever the hell you want if that's it, if you choose me. But do uh, do Trump this week. Do yourself a favor. Let's get this thing. As I know there are a lot of you out there. It's just the luck of the draw the last two times. So if nobody picks me, then there's no risk of it being me. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Make it so in the name of Captain Picard. All right, let's start. There is a lot going on. There's plenty to talk about. And boy, howdy, we're going to cover as much of it as humanly possible. Because you sit there and you just think, how did we survive to this point as a species? It's a legitimate question. I don't know how we survived to this point as a species. But I'm also not convinced we really deserve to keep going as a species. Can we say that? Not that, no, 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 I'm not saying, hey, let's commit some genocide. Let's all have some fun and commit some genocide. No, I'm saying that um, maybe we we need to pump the brakes on what we're doing because what we're doing is, <sighs> let's just put it this way, wildly self-destructive, incredibly stupid. Certainly not in uh, inspiring as far as uh, <laughs> being a member of the species goes. I'm looking at the Drudge Report right now, and I'm like, oh, there's a picture of Janet Yellen. That's not a good way to start your, your day. But says, Santa Yellen, inflation will be, quote, much lower. Oh, inflation, they've got inflation under control. This Maybe, maybe not. But forgive me if I don't take the word of people who said inflation is not happening at all. There's not going to be any inflation. Oh, whatever inflation there is is transitory. Stop whining about it. What are you talking about inflation? Who knows about inflation? Forgive me if I don't take the word of those people trying to tell me right before Christmas, right where uh, the tight, you know, this is the time of year after Black Friday. That's what, you know, Black Friday, that's where the name comes from. It's when companies go into the black for the first time, meaning they go into the rest of the year up until this point is to cover all their expenses and what have you. And finally, the last month of the year is where they make their profits. And them making profits is pretty important. It's funny, Democrats hate greedy corporations, except for when they're not turning a profit. Then it's suddenly we need to scramble to find a way to make these companies make a profit. This industry must be profitable. Why? Profit was evil. Ah, confusion. Does not compute, Will Robinson. But you watch these people scramble to tell you that inflation was not going to happen. Now they're saying, well, we've got inflation under control. Why? Because they want you to spend money. Now, I don't want you to listen to me. I don't want you to listen to any expert. I want you to do whatever you know. You know how much money you can afford to spend this Christmas. You know what you can afford to spend at any given moment. 
So don't listen to, to me on the radio going, ah, don't spend anything and don't listen to these so-called experts who have been wrong for the last two years telling you, oh, inflation's going away. Everything's going to be great. Everybody should really just you know, bust out them credit cards and go hog wild because everybody has their own agenda and everybody has their own circumstances. Whatever your circumstances are, you know better than I do. The difference is I don't pretend to know your situation. Nobody really pretends to know your situation except for people in Washington, people with a political agenda. Then they desperately insist that they know your situation and how much better it should be or could be or would be or whatever if you just acted this way. But uh, no, I don't take Janet Yellen's word at it. Janet Yellen has said in the past, inflation is transitory. We're not going to really see any. I'm not seeing any inflation. Well, yeah, because you used to get like a million dollars per speech to the banking industry before you became Treasury Secretary because you were the head of the Federal Reserve. You're bought and paid for. You don't, you're not impacted by it. Inflation could go even worse than it has been under Joe Biden, and Janet Yellen wouldn't notice it. Why? Because... Why would she? She's not bothered by such things. She's not impacted by it. Doesn't, you know, do you think her her driver probably is uh, impacted by inflation? But what do you think the odds of someone like Janet Yellen uh, as a Treasury Secretary is spending a lot of time talking to her driver? Probably not a lot. Just like I bet you that Joe Biden doesn't spend an awful lot of time speaking to his Secret Service agents. You know, when he was vice president, living at the Naval Observatory, there's a pool at the Naval Observatory. Now, you got a Secret Service, even on the grounds of the Naval Observatory, has to follow their principal, the person that they're supposed to protect, that person in that case being Joseph Robinette Biden. They'd follow him into the pool there. You got to make sure, look, Joe Biden has always been senile uh, to a certain extent. He's always been dumb. He's been old. He was very old back then. Now he's 80. Back then he was in his 70s. Got to make sure he didn't have issues and drowned. The thing is, according to reports, Joe Biden ain't got no time for no bathing suits if you catch my drift. That's right. He's out there flapping in the wind. And one or more of his Secret Service details were of the fairer sex, women. And Joe Biden really enjoyed, according to reports again, but now these reports were done when he was vice president. It's weird how they, they really had no impact. They were all just kind of brushed off as, well, it's just Joe being Joe. But, uh, yeah, he liked to walk around naked in front of the uh, female Secret Service uh, agents who were charged with protecting him. Let that sink in. How'd you like to see that coming at you? Wow, like a just an old potato that is slowly dehydrated, walking around going, ah. <laughs> I bet he talked to the Secret Service agents then. Could you hand me a towel, honey? Did you do that? He's that kind of guy. Uh, anyway, yeah, like I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, what is this? Uh, we've got we've got some ridiculous uh, audio coming up today. Up in uh, Pennsylvania, they had a school board election for president, not a public election, but amongst themselves. And uh, right before the vote, 
The woman, one woman who, of course, Democrat Party member, she looks like a poster child for diabetes, says, I can't vote for a straight white male. Oh, he'd be good at the job. He'd be, but I, it's sending a wrong, it's sending the wrong message. I'm not kidding. A whole bunch of nurses got fired from a hospital down in Texas, I think it is, for doing. Look, if you've ever had a job, especially if you've ever worked in retail, you have complained about the customers you've had to deal with. There's a line in the movie Clerks, one of my favorite movies of all time. And it ain't for everybody. So if you don't, if you haven't seen it and uh, you, you don't enjoy crass humor, don't watch Clerks. You won't like it. But I loved it. I still love it. And in fact, I just bought part three a couple of weeks ago. Um, but there's a line in the first one where the guy at the video store who doesn't work very hard comes into the convenience store and they're sitting there and you go, this job would be great if it weren't for the blanking customers. Which is, if you've ever worked in retail, it's exactly the truth. It's exactly how you, it's not the truth. The jobs would be great because then you're just being paid to hang out with your friends in a mall or something. But uh, everybody who works in retail, particularly as a teenager, has that attitude, has that thought. Well, uh, these nurses, and you, you just complain. Look, when I worked in a record store, you'd have to alphabetize the CDs, alphabetize the records, alphabetize the cassettes. Why? Because people would come through, and they're so stupid. They take something off the wall, look at it, like they're smelling it, trying to figure out what the hell it is, and then they, they seemingly forget where it came from. But not only do they forget where it came from, they forget the concept of alphabetizing. I don't care how dumb you are. You know how the alphabetizing works. And also, if you if you bought, like if you pulled out something, let's just say something there's a lot of. There's a lot of Beatles albums, right? You pull off a Beatles, pull up a Beatles album. There's a huge section of Beatles. All you got to do is put it you didn't walk around the store with it in your hand reading it. You stood pretty much in the same spot. Maybe you shifted your weight. How do you forget where on the wall it came from? And so they just uh, they look around, they look confused, and they go, oh, like the fire alarm just went off, and they just stuff it back into the wall, wherever. And you got to go back, and you got to find it, and you got to put it back in order, because that's your job. You got to keep things alphabetized so the customers can find what they want. So when the customers aren't around, especially customers who do something stupid like that, you complain about the customers to the people you work with about, oh, I hate this kind of customer. And like, oh, yeah, I hate this kind of customer. Standing right in front of a giant rock sign going, where's your rock at? Well, maybe right there. What, where's the rock that hit you in the head that made you incapable of reading the giant rock sign right in front of your face? Those sorts of things. Well, a group of nurses down in Texas did the same kind of thing about the people that they called it their ick. And uh, it's kind of amusing. You can see their point, honestly. But they all apparently got fired, which is uh, not a good day for them. Not a good day for them. And so, well, why? Why did they get fired? Because they were sitting around talking about customers? No, not necessarily. Although, yeah, it was part of that. The problem is, and this is going to be something I'm going to have to train my kids about, and you probably want to talk to your kids about. It wasn't that they complained about the customers, because everybody complains about the customers, and you should be able to complain about the customers. 
It was that they filmed themselves complaining about the customers. They filmed themselves complaining about the customers. And then they posted it online. It's not enough that you film yourself complaining about the customers. It's that you then go, the world needs to see this. Now, I get it. Everybody wants to be a celebrity. And I wrote in my book, and it's, I think it's one of the most brilliant things I've said, of all the brilliant things I've ever said, is that society started to go to hell once we destroyed the line between famous and infamous. It doesn't, you didn't even blur the line. Forget blurring the line. We destroyed the line. It's, you just want attention. It doesn't matter how you get that attention. Just get attention. That seems to be the only thing that matters nowadays. Well, you know, you can get attention by, I don't know, doing something amazing, doing something praiseworthy, doing something good, or you could strip naked, go to the middle of an intersection, and uh, smear feces all over yourself. You'll get attention. Make somebody film that. That'll go viral. I promise you. Used to be you'd look at the person who accomplished something and go, well, bravo, good good for you. Golf clap for everybody. All right, look at that. And you'd look at the person smearing feces on themselves in the middle of the intersection and go, that person needs some help. We need to get them help. We need to... Now it could be a, a social media celebrity out there. You can't tell. You don't know. And so there, now that we have everybody has a movie studio in their pockets and anything happens, there was a time, believe it or not, when people would see something happening on the street that was not good. Um, like maybe somebody getting physical or rough with their girlfriend or wife or a couple of people really getting ready to start to fight or something like that that the people in the immediate surrounding area would either get the hell out of there because some people just don't want to be involved in that, can't blame them, or the other people would go, all right, let's knock it off, let's stop, and they'd try to be a peacemaker. Now everybody grabs their phone. Everybody grabs their phone and films it. Why? Because something could happen that really would be sellable. If you put it on your social media account, you'll get the views, you'll get the attention, you'll get the follows, you'll get the likes. It releases those endorphins. And thanks to our laws and everything, if you have the video of something horrible or hilarious or whatever that you could have probably prevented from happening if you'd been proactive rather than filming it, you can sell that video to the media. For a lot of money. Oh, uh, here, $10,000 for this, for the exclusive rights. I'll give you the exclusive rights. I'll give you $50,000. i will give you $100,000. Depending on how horrible it is, you can sell it. The UK Daily Mail, the largest, I believe, most trafficked website in the world. If not, it's certainly the top media website. They advertise openly. We pay cash for your videos. Whatever it is, if they, they if for your story, we'll pay cash. So they're just a clickbait website. You go there, sometimes they do do news, and then other times it's like you're, you read the news story, and then you go, hey, wait, is that Emily Ratajkowski in a bathing suit? Yeah, it is. What's she doing? Click on that. Oh, all right. And you can just go down this hole. There's uh, Prince Harry or wait, Harry. Yeah, I guess he's the jerk one. Uh, whining about something. What's this going on? And Oh, here's this uh, famous athlete or actor doing something. And you just go down this click hole. There's Jeff Bezos eating a sandwich. It was because somebody sold it. We're all paparazzi. We're all of the potential to be paparazzi. 
It's just rare that we're paparazzi on ourselves, that we screw ourselves over. We've invaded our own privacy. But we really have. We've reached that point where people are invading their own privacy. That leads us back to these nuns. Nuns. Nurses. They're not nuns. Oops. Washington Post has a story. Nurses disciplined for TikToks about patients who give them the icks. Icks is in quotation. Ick is in like icky. And, you know, when I play this video or this audio for you, you're going to go, oh, I could see that on most of them, I'd imagine. Now, they're not naming anybody in specific. You know that the Johnson family down in uh, Delivery Room 4, they're, they're just like the worst people. Ever. That would be different. That's not what they're doing. All they're doing is saying, this is the type of person who gives me the icks. It'd be like a Secret Service agents. The difference between a Secret Service agent saying, boy, I really hate Joe Biden and the way he comes in and sniffs my hair. Well, I could see why that would be room for some discipline there. But if somebody who's a Secret Service agent just happens to say, look, I'm not a fan of anybody who comes in and sniffs my hair. I think you'd have less of a case for removing that person from, you know what they're talking about, but you'd have less of a case. I didn't say Joe Biden because if they transferred that person, there'd be an admission that Joe Biden comes around and sniffs their hair. So when I play you this, just be aware that there are no names attached to it. And most of them are kind of icky. So I'll read you the ick. First, I'll read you the story from the Washington Post first. This is how big it is. It's down in Atlanta. And the Washington Post is on it. Because, well, many reasons. But uh, most of which have to do with this, the sheer stupidity of this story. Well, that's just my interpretation. The Washington Post story, nurses disciplined for TikToks about patients who give them the icks. Emory Healthcare called the video, quote, disrespectful and unprofessional, noting that the employees no longer work there. So they are gone. They're gone. Is it worth it? I mean, they got a lot of views. <laughs> so who knows? As in a TikTok video last week, four employees wearing nurses' scrubs at an Atlanta hospital revealed their icks regarding labor and delivery patients. Quote, my ick is when you come in with, I don't have to read this thing, so you'll hear it in the video. Uh, the TikTok trend, which started at least two years ago, usually has users uh, expose their dating turnoffs, such as bad hygiene or arrogance. But the healthcare workers at Emory University Hospital Midtown crossed the line when they made the X video about their patients' behavior, according to their employer, Emory Healthcare, in a statement posted online Thursday. After the video received much online backlash, I don't understand what, I'm not sure what the backlash is about. Emory Healthcare wrote that it is, quote, taken appropriate action with the former employees responsible for the video. Quote, this video does not represent our commitment to patient and family-centered care and falls far short of the values and the standards we expect every member of our team to hold and demonstrate. End quote. Statement concluded. Now, I've had two kids. Well, my wife had them. I was there. I was involved. I was integral, sort of. Not in the delivery. I really almost had nothing to do with that because, no, that's my ick. But uh, I, stored, I stared at a wall as it happened, and I told you, no, I'll look at the kid once you wash it off. Hose it down, and then we'll see. Then we'll see. 
<laughs> that that really is my ick. But the uh, the thoughts of the nurse. I'm sure the nurses had some complaints about us. I'm sure the nurses, if they really, they'd have complaints about everybody. Because that's part of human nature. You get a. She's in the hospital for a couple days, whatever it was. If you uh, you have the misfortune of interacting with somebody new, you're going to find something to complain about because that's human nature. Now, if I had found out, my God, that guy in the uh, delivery room seven or whatever it was, cracking the jokes all the time, shut up already. If I had found out that that was said about me, would I go marching? I need to speak to the hospital administrator. No. I don't don't really give a damn. All right. (laughs) Don't come in the room unless you're called that. Problem solved. So what did these nurses say? Because I'm having difficulty actually finding what these nurses... Now, there's a couple of them where you're just like, yeah, it's probably in poor taste. But in general, like one of them is you're going from one baby mama to another baby mama in different delivery rooms, meaning uh, the, the two women that he's at least two women he's having babies with are going into labor at the same time that's a little bit of an ick thing just a little bit of an ick thing but um you decide if these things are wildly offensive or amusing and there are again there are no names used so there's no way to know who these people are talking about or if they're even talking about real people maybe they're just talking about old wives tales and rumors that get floated around like Every gym teacher I ever had told everybody in high school when, like, dudes are not wearing rings, um, or not many of them, but I always tell you, take your rings off, gym class. Why, man? What does it matter? I saw a guy jump up, lay up with a ring on. He came down with only nine fingers because that ring caught on the... Really? I, I never heard... I never saw that. I never saw anybody do that. Or the woodshop guy. Everybody in woodshop... Has every woodshop teacher has apparently witnessed somebody just slicing large parts of their body off, and they give you that. Well, look out! You're gonna do this. I remember my metal shop class. Yeah, I took the shop classes, talking about the spot welder. Now, you'd really have to be incredibly stupid to hurt yourself with a spot welder. It's literally a giant pinching machine. Uh, you'd have to consciously go, "Hey, Earl, slam this thing on my hand," and when I start screaming, don't let it up. But they had the horror stories about it. So maybe these are all just those kind of stories. I don't know. But I don't know that they deserve to be fired. Disciplined a little bit, probably, just because they're posting stuff online for work. And they just, they just need to be reminded, hey, you're you're adults. You're professional adults on top of that. But fired, I don't know. What do you think? My ick is when you come in for your induction, talking about, can I take a shower and eat? What? My ick is when you ask me how much the baby weighs, and it's still and it's still in your hands. <laughs> Dad comes outside and asks for a paternity test right outside the room door. Saying you don't want any pain medicine, no epidural, but you are at an 8 out of 10 pain just to serve a deal and you're still closed, fingertip. Well, we've already told you to push the call light, but every five minutes, your Excuse family me. member coming at the front Excuse desk. Me. Can I have some water? Ask for something Excuse me, can I have a blanket? Another egg. When you're going room to room between one baby mama 
and your other baby mama. Oh, no. Ick. <laughs> it's the unlimited trips to the nurse's station for me. It's the unlimited trip to the nurse's station for me. You know what? I just remembered what I did that was so obnoxious when I was, uh, well, when my wife was in the, the uh, delivery rooms. It was not the delivery rooms because afterwards you got to sit there. You got that's what the hospital we went to. You'd have the baby in the room and then you stayed in that room. So it's like the maternity room or whatever. They had <laughs> this is probably not good. They had uh, refrigerator. They had a little kitchen thing there, and they'd re somebody would restock them with food for all of everybody. And there's juice and and whatnot. And I'd go down there and bring, because my uh, in-laws were there and my wife was there. I'd come back with a smorgasbord. It's like, here's a ham sandwich, here's a turkey sandwich, here's a this one, here's a bag of chips, here's a Coke, here's a, whatever you got. I'd haul all this stuff down there. Cookies, whatever you got. That, prob that probably got annoying to them. But I wasn't the only one doing it, so they probably didn't know. But those women have been fired now. Emory Healthcare did not respond Sunday night to a request from the Washington Post seeking clarification on whether the workers had been fired or left on their own accord. While the original 52-second video has been deleted, copies have spread across social media in the past week, prompting comments from pregnant patients who said the nurses' remarks only amplified their anxiety about childbirth. God, we are really... You want to know why we couldn't win a war against Canada right now? It's not just because half the military would be confused and, you know, more concerned with making sure they don't misgender or use some proper pronouns or anything. It's because of crap like this. Expectant mothers were outraged. <laughs> so what? What are the odds of you going to Emory? What are the odds of you going to Emory and having one of these nurses? Maternal mortality rates have increased. Now, this is the... You want to talk about how the media sucks. All right. These nurses are trying to blow off some... I can't believe I'm coming down the side of these nurses, but like as hard as I am. But the more I hear about this story, the more disgusted I get by it. Uh, the uh, nurses are trying to blow off some steam. And the Washington Post goes, you know, this story isn't dramatic enough. And this is really a case study in how awful our media is. So they write, rather than just a story about these women who'd uh, done this video, some people found offensive. They go, maternal mortality rates have increased across the United States in recent years. A study last year by the Internal Journal or International Journal of Maternal and Child Health and AIDS. That's a hell of a journal. International Journal of Maternal and Child Health and AIDS. Like they're sitting around going, I don't know if AIDS is worth its own journal. How about we just shoehorn it in with maternal and child health. All right, fair enough. Found that Georgia had the highest maternal mortality rates in the United States, including 46.2 deaths per 100,000 live births for all women and 66.6 .6 deaths per 100,000 live births for black women. Oh, did I mention? I didn't mention it because it doesn't matter, but I guess it does matter. All of the nurses, all the voices you heard in that video, except for one, the one in the middle, I forget what she was talking about, it was innocuous, were black women. So Democrats' outrage got a whole bunch of professional black women fired. 
And now it's amazing to me. Oh, this high mortality death rate. Oh, my God, it's all in Georgia. And their implication is what? That it's because they're messing around. These four nurses may well be responsible for those 66.6 deaths of black women per 100,000. What I'd point out is it's highly unlikely that there were 100,000 deaths in Georgia, in Atlanta, in this hospital. It's an irrelevant statistic. They're just shoehorning it in there to try and give it a sense of urgency to try to manipulate people. Why? Because that's what they do. That's what they do. Uma M. Reddy, an obstetrics and gynecology professor at Columbia University, said the quality of care patients receive affects those problems. There's nobody in the world saying these nurses suck at their jobs. These nurses are not around patients. They're talking to each other. Now, this is why you never film yourself doing anything. Quote, Patients who are well-supported do much better and have better outcomes. These kind of comments make you worried if patients are being listened to. (laughs) Yeah. Are patients being listened to? Are those requests for paternity tests the moment after birth, are those being adhered to? (laughs) Are people out there really uh, bouncing from uh, baby mama to baby mama? Are their concerns being met? Some hospitals set their own social media policies, but the American Nurses Association lists general guidelines on its website, including recommendations for nurses to avoid, quote, heavy self-promotion while maintaining a respectable presence at all times. Yeah, maybe don't take a selfie and post it on your Instagram account of somebody actually giving birth. But at the nurse's station during downtime, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want. Reddy says nurses understand that patients will naturally have requests and anxieties during uh, what is often a stressful procedure for them. No, no blank, Sherlock. Quote, undergoing childbirth is a situation where you're dependent upon nurses and healthcare providers to support you and listen. Reddy said, it's a big unknown and you look to the nurses for support. You do. You look to the nurses for support, but you don't expect them to be superhuman and infallible and robots and to put everything that makes them an individual aside and go, I I couldn't help but hear you laughing out in the hallway. You're having fun. How could you be having any fun right now? My wife is going through contractions. She's obviously experiencing pain every three minutes or so. And there you are laughing. My God. Are we really becoming this as a society? It's a chicken and egg situation. It really is. You shouldn't be filming yourself because of this. But then you've got all these overreactions to it because we have a society that values virtue signaling. I can't believe that somebody did that, some user says. And you can't just go, I can't believe it either. You have to go, no, I really can't believe it. You have to add a modifier in there. And then somebody sees your comment and says, no, I really, really can't believe it. And it becomes this stupid spiral up and up and up or down and down and down the drain, however you prefer to put it. And you end up with a bunch of crap like you have here. Four nurses out of a job. Remember when uh, it was just two years ago, these people were the best among us, the heroes. Wonderful people. My God, they were making songs. They were singing out of buildings. 
for them. They were they were playing songs out of buildings and skyscrapers. As they walked home, they all got applauded. Oh, you're the heroes, the real heroes. And then two years later, I heard that you made a funny video at work. You're a monster. May you never find another job as long as you live. The only way to be more uh, reviled as a as one of these than one of these nurses is to be a healthcare professional who goes, you know what? I don't want to get the shot. I don't want to get the vaccine. Then you go from hero status to uh, you know public enemy number one. So sad. What we're well, technology was supposed to make us. But imagine this. If, what, 20 years ago, hell, the iPhone's really only about 10 or 15 years old. 20 years ago, if you had told people, hey, in 20 years, by 2022, and actually before that, you're going to have all the knowledge of human beings have ever accumulated as a species. It's going to fit right in your pocket. It's going to be right there. You're going to be able to surf the web. You're going to be able to see everything. There's not going to be, there's no reason for debate. There's not going to be any argument, any trivial argument you're having at a bar with your friends. You just whip out your phone. You look it up. Problem solved. Everything, dispute resolution. Everybody will be able to communicate with one another instantaneously you'll no longer be alone and you'll we'll all be smarter for it if you just said that and then you you beamed them forward 20 years to now and you go what the hell happened people are more isolated than ever people are more miserable than ever and quite frankly people are dumber than ever these are nurses you don't get out of nursing school because you look cute in scrubs might help you a little bit with getting a job. No, I'm horrible. But you don't. You have to actually know what the hell you're doing. You have to study up. You have to be smart to be a nurse. But you throw that camera in front of you and you go, hey, let's do a TikTok video. Oh, that sounds great. Suddenly, everybody loses about 85% of their IQ points and they just go, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Ugh. Now you can see why I prefer to be a hermit, don't you? <laughs> I'm bad enough on social media, and I'm mostly a hermit. Looking at the rest of the and all these people are being just outraged. Outraged, outraged, outraged. It's sad what we're becoming as a society. But you know what? It's, it's worthy of mockery. You look at the headlines today. TMZ. You know, it's kind of funny. I, I love movies. I love movies. Hollywood, all this stuff. And um, the Golden Globe announcements or the nominations were announced today. I honestly, I didn't know they were coming. I didn't know they were coming at all. I um, couldn't care less. <laughs> I just, I've lost all the interest, not all the interest. I'll still watch the movies, but the award shows, the Golden Globes, once they went PC and they said, well, there's not enough nominees of this type of configuration of human being. And then somebody said, oh, my goodness, the people who are the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, they don't have a single black member. Like, well, did they, like, purposefully say, we don't want any black people here? Or did the black Hollywood Foreign Press journalists not join the Hollywood Foreign Press Association? I don't know. I don't care. I can't be... I can't be bothered with that sort of crap. You know, you need something better to do with your life if you're sitting around like a a politically correct bouncer at a club. 
You know, everybody's been to some sort of club at some point. Well, maybe not everybody, but most people have been to a club in their lives where there's somebody at the door and they got a little clicker in their hand, right? They're, they're not the one collecting the money. They're not the one checking the IDs. They're just kind of in case somebody starts a fight, but they're also counting how many people go in. And then they click the other direction when somebody goes out. And that's a place like just say you got a 500-person capacity. That's it. 500 people, the fire marshal's going to shut you down if you don't. And you really only care about that if the fire marshal's been out a couple of times and literally is threatening to shut you down. The first few times you say, I don't really give a damn. Let as many people in as you can, especially at five or ten bucks a head. But that person with the clicker, in democratic circles, it is a clicker with a whole bunch. It's like uh, if you've ever umpired a game, a baseball game, you got the clickers. You got the one with the ball, the one with the strikes, and the one with the outs. And yeah, click, 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 so you can keep track of it. Because uh, trust me, as somebody whose first job was keeping score of softball games, you, you're, 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 you got the lineups, you follow everything. I was terrible. God, I was like 15 years old. I rode my bike up there. I only got the job because the guy who was giving out the job was friends with my dad. I think it paid five bucks a game. And you get the lineups from, it's simple. You just, okay, this person's on first, and then you draw the line to second. It's not like you got to report batting averages and who got hits, who got errors, or anything like that. It's softball. They don't care. They, the, they keep their own stats. And I'd sit there, and then I, I don't know, maybe the teams are screwing up, batting out of order, but I would get lost in the game. I'm sitting there in my only job, I'm not even sitting in the crowd, I'm sitting in the upper thing. I'm like that guy is not up. That guy should not be up for like three people. It wasn't just like I would be lost by one person. I'd be lost by like an inning. Like what they had zone out. <laughs> I don't know what the hell the problem was. And I'd have to sit there and go, Well what happened? And you you always every every game, like two times a game you run, each team keeps their own score too and you you check the score with them. What's what score do you have? Yeah, all right, that's right. And you go, what's the score with you? Yeah, they always had it right. And you're like, oh crap, I got to manufacture a run for that team. Let's just make it this person because they never saw your book. All I had to do at the end of the night was call in the scores and which team won. But you just lose, <laughs> lose what the hell was going on. Anyway, I uh, it's a, maybe it's a sign of my own deterioration. It's a good thing I didn't go into the professional scorekeeping business. Anyway, I forget how I got off on that. But I want to uh, talk about the situation that's semi-relevant. Oh, by the way, I did see this. In case you were hoping to be the anti-Semite of the year, unfortunately, you didn't win. Or fortunately. <laughs> TMZ reports. Kanye West may never win another music-related award again, but there's one group that's honoring him with a not-so-flattering title, Anti-Semite of the Year. After several weeks and nearly 10,000 votes from members online, watchdog group Stop Anti-Semitism has named Yee the most problematic person of 2022 when it comes to the group's mission. <laughs> L- Loria Rez 
Uh, Stop anti-Semitism's executive director tells TMZ, quote, Kanye used his celebrity platform to push dangerous anti-Semitic tropes about Jews and power, and he refuses to stop. His continuous onslaught of bigoted statements has resulted in horrific anti-Semitic acts perpetrated by white supremacists, black Hebrew Israelites, and other fringe groups looking to cause Jews harm. Couple questions here. How did a black guy inspire white supremacists to do anything? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not disputing it. I haven't heard of these horrific anti-Semitic attacks because it seems like Kanye West just in the past month has really gone off on this anti-Semitism crap. And he's mostly been roundly denounced by everybody as like insane and in need of professional help. But I'm just going out on a limb here and saying, if you're a white supremacist, are you really taking your marching orders from a black guy? Are you? Maybe you are. I don't know. I'm not a white supremacist. Maybe some white supremacists out there will go, I don't make a move until I hear what Kanye has to say. I doubt it, but maybe. (laughs) Congratulations, Kanye. Uh, And yeah, I don't expect him to stop. This is going to be a testament. This is going to be a testament to uh, discover how much of Kanye's net worth is liquid and how much is not. I'm not talking about whatever vodka company or tequila company or whatever he owns. I'm talking about cash, how much cash he's got on hand versus how much of it is was his deal with uh, various companies. Who, uh, you know, like Adidas dropped him like a bad habit. And if his, if his deal was, uh, you get a billion dollars from Adidas, and then that billion dollars goes away, it's going to be trouble. Anyway, uh, speaking of people seemingly destroying themselves, just really quickly, because I I watched it so you didn't have to. I recommend you watch it if you're at all interested. It's not like they, they, they're paid. A lot of those things, like, I don't want to give them any of my money. They're paid, all right? Talking about uh, Megan and Harry. They're already paid. Netflix has already given them the money. It's not like they're going, well, we're only going to pay you uh, this much money if X number of people watch it. No, they got the money. The uh, Prince and Duchess or whatever the hell they are, they got good representation to get a piece of that $100 million Netflix deal. So they, they don't have, there's no protest to do that. But I watched the first two parts of that documentary, if you can call it a documentary. It is, it's like if you wrote your own story. Everybody's the hero of their own story. They really are. I've known some people who've done some horrible things. Not horrible, like murdering families or anything like that, but in their relationships. Oh, these women I date are crazy. Like, you're kind of the jerk, is what you think. And I've been that jerk, too. So you sit there and you hear them tell the story, or you tell, I'll tell you stories about my ex-girlfriends. Like, they're crazy. And in many cases, they are. But in other cases, I was a jerk. But I'm probably not going to tell you about the times. I, well, I'll probably tell you about the times I was a jerk. But other people won't tell you about the times they were jerks because you're the hero of your own story. That's what the Harry and Meghan thing is really to me. That's what Fauci is. we got some Fauci audio coming up. 
He, uh, he's learned nothing or refuses to learn anything, however you want to look at it. But it is absurd, these people sitting around talking, my God, we're being followed. There's somebody back. There's paparazzi back there. Can you believe there's paparazzi? They won't just leave us alone. Well, you just signed a $100 million deal to, or $20 million, whatever the hell it was, to be intruded upon in your private life. So if you are monetizing it to that point, you should be then therefore recognizing that it has a monetary value. And so some picture, if, if unfettered access to your vapid asses talking about yourselves, rewriting your history, for, which is wildly documented, you know, like that's what's amazing about it is so many of these things are so wildly documented and they're sitting there telling you that every other human being on the face of the earth has it wrong. They're the victims here. If that's worth a couple tens of millions of dollars, then a guy on a scooter trying to take your picture in the back of a car might be get ten grand out of it. Ten grand for a picture is a pretty good deal, right? You can't complain about somebody else selling your images when you sold your image. It's your only marketable skill, that and bitching about your family. That's it. That's all you bring to the table. And that's all they do is complain about their family on camera. But that scene where they're sitting in the back of the, the limo, or driver car, I guess it's not really a, technically a stretch. When I say limo, I think of a stretch limo. But when they're sitting in the back of that and they're like, Wait, is there a guy back there? He's on a scooter. And they're looking all around and they're both like shifting, looking around. There are at least four different shots of the interior of the car to get different angles of these two morons snaking around their necks trying to find somebody behind them a football field away on a scooter allegedly they never show the guy on the scooter we don't know if there was really a guy on the scooter but they seem really really occupied now unless the guy's carrying an uzi who cares but they're looking around is he back there is he back there is he back there and they keep going from this camera there's a camera on the two of them from straight on there's a camera of the two of them from the right hand side of the car there's a camera on the two of them from the left hand side of the car and actually there's five because there's a shot on each of them too anyway, do you see him oh it's such an invasion of our privacy why won't they just leave us alone like you're filming yourself you're filming everything about yourself to the point that you're filming yourself driving somewhere People are very rarely more boring than while they're riding in a car. You're riding with a driver. Do you really think you're going to talk about intimate things? You're wildly uh, hunted by the paparazzi. People are paying a fortune for any... This is the premise of their thing. People are paying a fortune for any bit of information from them. So you're going to really have a serious conversation in front of your Uber driver? about how you had to beat your kids last night or something like that that they could easily sell? No, I, I don't think so. And then you introduce the camera to it and everything immediately becomes unnatural. So I recommend you watch it as only a, a study of narcissism. If you're at all interested in the royals, you could watch it, but you just sit there and you watch a family absolutely destroy itself. Well, it's not a family. It's one member of a family exercising himself from the rest of the family for somebody who is she tries desperately Megan to make herself likable 
And there's something about people who desperately try to make themselves likable that at least turns me off wildly. I'm, if you're a people pleaser, if you're trying to put forward a, 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 an image that isn't true, or even if it is true, but you're just trying to highlight certain things, just be yourself. Who gives a damn? Then I have no interest in you, and I, I don't care how sympathetic some things you say may be. I'm out. That's the way I, I view her. And you watch him and you just go, you, you did it. You did this. You're not a victim. You married the perp. Okay. So you watch that and you just go, uh, there's a scene where she's describing. Now, there's no reporting out there that says that the queen was anything but a, a loving grandmother. None of these people have ever, you know, even reported, Grandma used to beat us with a horse whip or anything like that. No. When she describes meeting the queen for the first time and doing this curtsy thing, she, no, I didn't know how to meet the queen. I'm sorry, if you're the prince and you're riding up, oh, the queen's there. You give her a crash course on you. You just got to curtsy just a little bit when you meet the queen. That's just what you do. You give her the crash course. Instead, he doesn't seem to have done anything other than, you know how to meet a queen, right? Well, no, she's an idiot actress. She wouldn't know how to do anything. She probably can't tie a shoe. But she does this mockery of this full-blown, almost debutante-like bow. And she comes, and the look on his face while she's doing that is of absolute horror. Just like... Wait, there's a little bit of buyer's remorse in there, it looks like, because, like, again, his mother, his grandmother didn't do anything. Now, he probably has some issues with his grandma because maybe he blames her for not protecting his mother enough or whatever. He still has a lot of mother issues, but they're just, they deserve each other for what I suspect will be the you know, five years longer that they're married. And then she'll become the new Sarah Ferguson. She'll be on some weight loss. I remember when, when Fergie did Weight Watchers or whatever. But will his family welcome him back? Eh, probably. But they really shouldn't. You don't have to watch it, though, if you don't want to, because narcissists are not... That's the worst thing I could say about this, is it's not entertaining or informative at all. Netflix, man. I'm glad I don't really own stock in it. They seem to just be throwing money at any left winger you can come up with. But then again, if you watch HBO, I subscribe to HBO. It's the same thing. I watched, I flipped on the cable guide. Friday night, HBO was all, there's a drag show. There's a This Country Sucks show. It was like a nonstop America hating. Like, all right, I guess I'm subsidizing this for like seven bucks a month. This sucks. Got to really reevaluate where we are as a society and where I am as a person. Shifting gears a little bit, this is uh, one of those stories where uh, you will watch somebody go from being a liberal darling to being a non-entity. It's an amazing trick that the left does constantly. It should really give out an award every year for somebody who goes from being the media's go-to person or whatever, high-profile, oh, we love this fawning coverage nonstop to 
Who? Who is that again? I don't know. We call it the Cindy Sheehan Award. Remember Cindy Sheehan? She was everywhere. Oh, man. Cindy Sheehan's camping in a ditch outside of Crawford, Texas, because she demands to meet with Donald Trump about the war, and she blames Donald Trump for the death of her son, Casey. Remember Camp Casey in the ditch outside of uh, outside of the Crawford Ranch there? And you're like, huh, that... Uh, all right, that's getting a lot of coverage. We're on year three of that getting a lot of coverage. Oh, by the way, she already met with George W. Bush. You know, she had that meeting. But she wants another one. Like, I didn't know why you deserve another one. Like, it's horrible what happened to you, but like, no president in their right mind is going, or no chief of staff worth their weight in dog excrement is going to go, hey, uh, let's set up a meeting for the president where he can be berated by somebody. And then that person who is a sworn political enemy of the president can then go out to a bank of cameras and talk about how they just berated them. That'd be great. That'd be great. Any chief of staff who does anything remotely close to that should be immediately fired. So there's nobody going to do that. But it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. But anyway, the person who disappears, the disappeared narrative, there'd be some good nominees. Maybe I'll have to come up with this. Because I, I I'm just finished a column, a leftist idiot of the year nominee number one, and I'm thinking I'm going to probably have a few more of those by the end of the year before announcing the leftist idiot of the year award sometime around New Year's. So maybe we can do the Cindy Sheehan Award, the disappeared award. Because who would it be? It would be the crimes, the the. Uh, homophobic, transphobic, Republican-inspired mass murderer, the guy who shot up the gay club out in Colorado Springs, he, uh, that story disappeared right as soon as we found out about how, uh, how that person is, you know, non-binary. Remember that? Oh, they're non-binary. They use they, them pronouns. And Ben Collins was already, you know, getting his book deal together about how he was going to write about how Fox News caused this shooting. And then they're like, oh, crap. We can't pay. You. We'll find something else to pay you for. Promise you. They will. And oh, by the way, NBC News is out there. Uh, they had a piece. I'm trying to find it. Saying we question whether or not this guy is really non-binary. We're not really sure. We're not really buying this person being non-binary. Well, are you are you allowed to do that? I didn't. I wasn't aware you were allowed to do that. Like once somebody declared themselves to be something, they're supposed to be it, right? That that's it. <laughs> if a man declares himself to be a woman, they go right to the women's prison, right? But you don't really have that in this case because it's inconvenient god forbid somebody would snap god forbid somebody with a mental disorder like saying i have no gender would do something horrible of course anybody's capable of doing something horrible if they have a mental disorder on top of it that only makes it more likely that it doesn't make it a certainty, but it certainly makes it more likely that you would probably do something unpleasant or what have you. But you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to think that. Well, that story disappeared completely from the media. They're not interested in it. And this guy 
will disappear. And I'm allowed to say guy now in reference to this. Fox News, a retired Navy SEAL who became famous nearly 10 years ago after coming out as a transgen- as transgender, announced he is detransitioning and called on Americans to, quote, wake up about how transgender health services are hurting children. What? What? Now, this is, it's not a choice. It's who people are. That's what I've been told time and time again, right? Can't be. It just can't be. Quote, everything you see on CNN with my face, do not believe a word of it. Chris Beck, formerly known as Kristen Beck, told conservative influence for Robbie Starbuck in an interview published earlier this month. Everything that happened to me for the past 10 years destroyed my life. I destroyed my life. I'm not a victim. I did this to myself, but I had help. I take full responsibility. I went on CNN and everything else, and that's why I'm here right now, trying to correct that. It's amazing. This guy is a Navy SEAL. Masculine man, Navy SEAL, and now they're saying he's he's a trans woman, and you must accept that he's a trans woman. And it's horrible if you don't say that this dude, if you say anything other than this is a trans woman, you're a monster. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Now? Not. Not anymore. Will you ever hear the name Chris Beck or Kristen Beck on CNN? MSNBC again? They trotted him out, used him. He knows he was used. Quote, I was used. I was very naive. I was in a really bad way, and I got taken advantage of. I got propagandized. I got used badly by a lot of people who had knowledge way beyond me. They knew what they were doing. I didn't, he said during the interview. Beck served the Navy for 20 years, including on SEAL Team 6. He was deployed 13 times and received more than 50 medals and ribbons for his service. That's what made him useful to the left. Beck said he's speaking out about transgenderism to protect children in the current political climate, that there are gender clinics, quote, all over America. Quote, there are thousands of gender clinics being put up all over America. As soon as the kids go in and say, I'm a tomboy or this makes me feel comfortable, and then a psychologist says, oh, you're transgender. And the next day you're on hormones. The same hormones they're using for medical castration for pedophiles. Now they're giving this to healthy 13-year-olds. Does this seem right, he asked. This is why I am trying to tell Americans to wake up. Will this lead the nightly newscasts? Remember, I mean, you may not know the name, but you know you've heard the story of, hey, You've got a situation here where a Navy SEAL is now transgender. That is proof that transgenderism occurs everywhere and in nature. It's not just effeminate men. It's the manliest of men and blah, 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 blah. Nobody's denying that it can impact everybody or anybody at any given time. It's whether or not it is a mental issue, a psychological issue. Is it for everybody? Maybe not. Probably not. 
Some people genuinely, or maybe some people, I don't know. Maybe some people just never wake up or whatever. Maybe maybe all the possibilities are out there. The thing is, the real issue is you're not allowed to question it. You're not allowed to say, hey, wait a second. Suddenly there's like 25% of the population that's transgender. Somewhere in the human-making factory up in heaven, God got boxes of parts mixed up. and like, oh, well. We're not going to shut down for quality control purposes. We'll just keep plowing through it. Let them sort it out down there on Earth. I don't think so. Maybe it's more likely that things become trendy, that a victim group in particular favor with Democrats or that Democrats have chosen to place in particular favor for their own political reasons have decided that maybe a drag queen story hour is a good thing. Maybe they need to start publishing books for kids to normalize this abnormal behavior. It's abnormal. Abnormal is not a value judgment. Abnormal is simply a statement of fact. There's normal and then there's abnormal. To popularize, normalize this abnormal act, this abnormal existence. And try to create more. There's safety in numbers. It's my philosophy about abortion. That the people who've had abortions who are so vehemently pro-abortion. Look, if you had abortion, whatever. You have to deal with that. But the way that some people seem to deal with it is, oh, we shout our abortions. We're so proud of our abortions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Methinks thou doth protest too much. You're out there trying to convince other people that what you did is not only perfectly normal, it's moral and right and righteous. And you sit there and you go, that, that, you can say it's a lot of things, but I'm not sure that any of those words can apply. But why would you, if you really don't care, if you're firmly in the belief that you are right, why would you give a damn what anybody else has to say about the subject? Why would you, I don't, there are many things I know I'm right about or firmly believe I'm right about, that I don't sit around and go, and every time somebody mentions anything to the contrary, I'll jump down their throats and demand that they completely and totally submit. No, you go ahead and disagree. Your beliefs don't have any bearing on my beliefs. If you disagree with me, you're fine. You're free to disagree with me. I'll take comfort in the fact that I know I'm right. But if I'm wildly insecure and trying mostly to convince myself but I'm posturing, I'm peacocking, I am presenting as though I am right and righteous, but deep down I know I'm not. I would then be wildly insecure and immediately jump down the throats of people who would disagree with me. Trying to convince more people to do something that somewhere inside of me I at least suspect was wrong. So that the more the merrier, the misery loves the company philosophy, that the more people who do it, the more normal it becomes, right? It can't be bad. Everybody else is doing it. It can't be this way. If I get more people to to cheat on their girlfriends, then my cheating on my girlfriend isn't bad. It's just what people do, right? Meanwhile, you're tossing and turning at night, riddled with guilt about having cheated on your girlfriend. But no, but if I can get more people, well, everybody I know cheats on their girlfriend. So now now I can sleep like a baby because it's normal to cheat on your girlfriend. That's just how it is, right? Right? Am I right? Am I right? No, you're not right. 
but you can come closer to fooling yourself than otherwise. Maybe that's the case here with the transgender issue. Or maybe it is the misery loves company. We just want to convince more people and more people and more people. Maybe they genuinely do want to destroy society. I believe there's a huge contingent of that. And this is the way to do it. They have to destroy the traditional family. They have to destroy tradition. They have to destroy nature in many ways. There's no other way to explain how you can look at a dude and go, that's a man. Why is that a man? What do you mean that's a man? Well, he says he's a man. She says she's a man. Trans trans men can get pregnant. Men can get pregnant. It's a long way to go from trans men can get pregnant to men can get pregnant. That women aren't the only people who can get pregnant. Yeah, they are. Beck said that he began uh, that when he began transitioning, it took an hour-long meeting at Veterans Affairs to be offered hormones. You imagine that? Change your body completely permanently in ways that you you can't possibly understand. Oh, an hour meeting? You feel confused about some stuff? Maybe you could feel confused about some of the things you did as a as a Navy SEAL. Sometimes doesn't matter if you kill somebody who deserves it. You still kind of go, I killed a human being. That could cause some psychological problems for some people. Everybody handles everything differently. I don't know what his problem was. Quote, I walked into a psychologist's office and in one day I have a letter in my hand saying I was transgender. I was authorized for hormones. I was authorized for other stuff. I had so much going wrong in my system when I started taking those. Some of what was paid for, some of it was paid for the VA and I'm sorry to say the American people uh to the American people that I did that. Beck said he has been on hormones for about 7 years now. Quote this is a billion-dollar industry between psychologists, between surgeries, between hormones, between chemicals, between follow-up treatments. There are thousands of gender clinics popping up all over the country, and each of those gender clinics is going to be pulling in probably over $50 million. It's a huge industry. It's a growth industry, and that is why you're not allowed to question it. That is why you're not the school administrators and the medical professionals, the people who take an oath to first do no harm, are now, you know, taking it, well, first do no harm to my bank account. I mean, let's be honest, no harm to my, we'll figure about about the kids later. That's why you end up with this semantical argument that this is gender-affirming care, not butchering of children's bodies. Democrats won't allow you to question it not because they firmly believe that, oh my goodness, you could be causing harm and inspiring hate crimes. They won't allow you to debate it or discuss it or disagree with them because there is no argument for their side other than they want it to be true. They need it to be true because they're on the team that would desperately love nothing more than to destroy traditions in this country, the traditional family in this country. So watch, see how much you hear about Chris Beck. Chris Beck was speaking at all sorts of things all across the country over the past 10 years as Christina Beck about, oh my goodness, this Navy, or Kristen Beck, this Navy SEAL is now a woman. Well, now he's back. Now we'll see how much respect 
the people who insisted, demanded, commanded, we have respect for him or for him when he was a her. We'll see how much respect they have for her now that he's a him again. If he can follow that along. I suspect the answer will be none. It'll be the Cindy Sheehan Award. You are, it's not that you're a non-entity. It's that it'll never come up. It'll never come up again. This this guy will never come up again. They'll never talk about him again. They'll never talk to him again. They'll never be invited back on to talk with Don Lemon or whoever it was that he talked to before at CNN and go, yeah, you know, I was wildly wrong and misled and it was other problems. That won't be. He can't be allowed to exist in the minds of the population because then if a parent of a 12-year-old who's now a tomboy suddenly gets a or an effeminate boy or whatever and having weird feelings going through puberty says, I feel different. They go, well, maybe, maybe the first line of dealing with this isn't to immediately start putting you on body-altering hormones. Maybe we should just let you grow out of it can't have that you got an agenda to feed god help us all what this society is coming to what this world is coming to what this country is coming to when one political party looks at people and goes i I, honestly i don't know what what the difference between a man and there is no difference between a man and a woman none whatsoever you just sit there and you go "Are are you are you crazy are you insane they go, no, I'm serious. There's no difference between a man and a woman. And a man can be a man and a woman can be a woman. And then at the same time, <clears throat> as pulling that garbage, they'll then go on to tell you, but, you know, there is a difference between men and women, especially straight men, especially straight white men. There's nothing perhaps worse than straight white men and you're sitting there and you're going wait a second okay how is it that you don't know what a man is what a woman is it can be anything and anybody can be anything and then you can simultaneously go but men particularly white men are problematic straight white men are problematic well wait a second how do you justify how do you square that circle you don't have to square that circle you don't get asked if you're a leftist you're not asked about this New York Post today has a story. Great interest. PA school board member, Pennsylvania school board member, refused to vote for a cis white male for president because it would send the wrong message. The wrong message. What's the wrong message? I didn't, you know, it's weird because I bet that this chubby pre-diabetic lady, maybe she's not so much pre, and yes, I'm being mean about her because she deserves it. On top of being overweight, she's unattractive, both externally and internally. So it doesn't matter what she does. She could spend the rest of the next 10 years in the gym. She's still going to be an ugly person on the inside. And that's where it counts, right? That's where it counts. It's just an absurd story. And I am going to be mean about her. And a Willow Grove, Pennsylvania school board member said she would not vote for the only cis white... For those of you who don't know, by the way, for those of you who have lived a rational life and dealt with human beings who are not immature children mentally. Cis is spelled C-I-S. And it's a newly created term to denote normal. So you can't say normal. You're not allowed to say normal anymore. Oh, no, not normal. Who's to say what normal is? 
Well, I guess my answer to that would be all of human history and everybody who's ever lived up until about 20 minutes ago. They would know what normal is. They'd know, hey, a man is a man, is a woman is a woman. And anything that deviates from that is abnormal. It's not a value judgment. Yes, in the Middle Ages, it would have been met with abnormal. They're abnormal. Kill it. But we don't live in the Middle Ages any longer. Now, the abnormal are the ones screaming, kill it, (laughs) to everything that is normal. God help us. Now, they're going to the Upper Moreland School District, the northern suburb of Philadelphia, had their meeting. They were going to choose their school board president, right? Now, apparently somebody had been doing the job for a while, somebody named April Stainback. No jokes. I didn't make up the name. Her name is April Stainback. And it was coming to time when they had to either elect a new one or put a permanent one in, at least till the next election. And a guy named Greg D'Elia decided that he would, as a school board member, the school board members pick their own president, that he would throw his hat into the ring. But unfortunately for him, his hat was a fedora. See, Greg's biggest problems were not that uh, Greg is just a horrible school board member. It's not that he doesn't really care about the education of children. It's that he digs chicks and he's white. Now, there's few things liberals despise more, Democrats despise more, than a man who's a biological man who digs chicks. See, that's cis. That's the cis thing. Now, you add into this, if you're gay, you can be white, and that's okay. For now, believe me, it's coming. There are already actually grumblings, but it hasn't, I haven't talked about it yet because it hasn't really reached the level of people saying this is not okay, that having a, a gay white guy or whatever, white gay guy is not cool because it's not a president. It's getting there. It really is getting there. There's grumblings out there about this, and I would say in the next six months, it is not going to be acceptable to be a gay white man. It's not going to be well, not acceptable. On the slide rule of liberal victimhood, the pie chart, and that's a, it's a food pyramid, the number of boxes you check going up determines how much Democrats give a damn about your existence and how outraged they'll be and how much effort they'll put into manufacturing outrage about whatever wrong you may have suffered. But if you uh, you watch, being gay, just being gay, would give you one box checked. It didn't matter what you were as a gay person, white, black, gray, mixed race, brown, whatever, it didn't matter. It soon will, because Democrats always, always divide, divide, divide. And then once they they get all they possibly can, all the mileage they can out of whatever divisions they just set up, they then subdivide and subdivide and subdivide. That's why you hear things like, this has been really a difficult time for trans women, particularly trans women of color. Oh, well, that last part, if it's, Bad for trans women, it's bad for trans women. But then they have to throw that little wink in and on, and particularly trans women of color. 
black trans women are the ones who have it worse. Everybody's got it terrible. Some people have it more terrible than others. It's a really weird bastardization of Animal Farm. <laughs> but that's what the left wants. That's the way the left works. So sooner or later, and I would say sooner rather than later, being a gay white guy is not going to be enough. You're not going to be kicked out of the club. They still want your vote. And more importantly, they'll still want your political donations because gay people give a lot of money to Democrats. But sooner or later, it, it'll, you'll have to bring something else to the table other than just being a gay white man for them to care about it. Anyway, back to Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, and the Upper Moreland School District. Enter dun, 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 dun. the treasurer of the school board is a woman named Jennifer Solot. S O L O T. Before the vote was cast, this woman, I looked her up. She looks a lot like Larry Zonka. <laughs> Just. I'm not kidding. Go ahead and do some. I, I, my town hall column is uh, going to be about her being the uh, idiot of the year nominee, the first nominee. There's a link in there to an interview that she did as a candidate. You look at that picture and you tell me she doesn't look like a linebacker from 1970s. You, just in the face. Or, but um, she decided... Being a Democrat, she's, of course, a Democrat. I, I shouldn't have to mention that, but just for the sake of clarity, I will. As a Democrat, before the school board voted between this woman and this man, presumably they're both straight, probably both white, sure as hell looks like everybody on the school board is white, that she had to have her two cents in there. She had to let the world know that she, while she likes the guy, the white guy, that he'd be a great president of the school board, he sends the wrong, his existence sends the wrong message. Having said that, I believe that Mr. DeLeo would make an excellent president. However, I feel that electing the only cis white male on this board president of this district sends the wrong message to our community, a message that is contrary to what we as a board have been trying to accomplish. I think that it's important that we practice what we preach and that our words have strength when they are spoken, whether we speak them from the neighborhood sidewalks or from behind these tables. Mrs. Steinbeck has done an exemplary job as president these last few months, and the strength of her performance has earned her my vote tonight. Now, Chunky A right there could have just said that last part, and that would have been enough. Hey, I want to vote for this woman. I think she's done a good job as interim president or whatever it is. But she couldn't help herself. Liberals can't help themselves. Yeah, the guy would be good, but he's straight. You know, he digs chicks. Yuck, right? Don't worry, honey. He doesn't dig you. That's not. He's not going to ruin your marriage, despite what your husband probably wishes, that you'd leave him for somebody, anybody. It's not going to be him. He's not interested. No one is. You imagine, you just say, now, if you're the woman who's running against him, if you're the... Uh, April Stainback, wouldn't you be sitting there going, what the hell? I don't want your vote because you don't, you don't, don't endorse me by saying we can't have a straight white guy on this. We can't have a straight. No, because then what is the subtle message? Yeah, she's doing a good job. Not as good as the white guy would do, but you know, good enough. So I'm going to vote for her 
because of her gender, because of which bathroom she uses. You sit there and go, what the hell's wrong with these people? By the way, if he's the only cis white male on the school board, and I believe there are nine school board members, if he's the only cis white male on the school board, might I suggest that cis white males are wildly underrepresented on that school board? Can we just get the, Are we allowed to say that? Cis white males are wildly underrepresented on that school board. Because we're told representation is wildly important. It's the most important thing ever. If there's only one out of eight or nine, then, yeah, there's eight, nine, because eight of the other members voted against, voted for the other woman after this little speech, and uh, the Delia guy is the only one who voted for himself. Probably wishes he couldn't. I imagine they're all Democrats. But if, if, if isn't representation important, then shouldn't roughly, I don't know, I would just guess that this is a pretty wealthy suburb because non-wealthy suburbs don't have time to worry about this kind of crap. But I would suggest and suspect that this is a wealthy suburb. And I would suspect that at least 40%, if not more, of the base for taxes, meaning the taxpayers, the people who were working in this suburb, are straight white males. It's probably much higher. And they only have one member on the school board? That seems like it's grossly underrepresented. Where is the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department out there looking into this? Of course, this is pronounced bigotry. It's just, it's, she announced bigotry right there. I'm not going to vote for the guy because he's straight and white. He'd be good, but the other one will be good enough. You wonder why I hold these people in contempt? It's because they deserve it. It's because they deserve it. All right, lady. Don't use anything that straight white men have ever created. How about that? You can be a bigot against straight white men if you pinky swear that you'll never use anything straight white men ever invented ever again. All right? That'll show them. Stop. Otherwise, you're engaging in cultural appropriation. By the way, she'd never go for that because she likes technology. She likes transportation. And uh, I assume a lot of her favorite recipes are created by probably French butter heavy. Just saying. God, I'm mean, but she deserves it. To hell with her. This is the leftists' insanity. They're trying to rewrite reality right in front of us. Now, I didn't. this is an old story. But I just saw it saved or uh, tweeted on Twitter, a screen capture. I saw the screen capture and I was like, what the hell is this? So I looked it up. It's from 2017. But it's illustrative of the insanity of the left. It's, of course, on MSNBC. They have a uh, think blog. <laughs> They're trying to... This is these are deep thoughts. It's it's more like you know Jack Handy deep. It's MSNBC after all. The headline kind of says it all. Science proves kids are bad for Earth. Morality suggests we stop having them. That's a headline. The subheadline is we need to stop pretending kids don't have environmental and ethical consequences. <laughs> Now, it's written by Travis Reeder, director of the Master of Bioethics degree program at Berman Institute of Bioethics. I don't know what the bioethics, where Berman is, see, PhD, 
Travis Reader, Ph.D., is the Assistant Director for the Education Initiatives, Director of the Master of Bioethics Degree Program, and Research Scholar at the Berman Institute for Bioethics. One must assume that uh, this was set up by the Nazi doctors who escaped Germany after the end of World War II and said, you know what, we should continue our work, but we'll do it in academia in America. And everybody said they were crazy. But no, this is this is the world that we live in. A startling and honestly distressing view is beginning to receive serious consideration in both academic and popular discussions of climate change ethics. According to this view, having a child is a major contributor to climate change. The logical takeaway here is that everyone on Earth ought to consider having fewer children. Start with you. You know what, though? What's weird is these leftists are obsessed with children. They're obsessed with indoctrinating children. They're obsessed with what you do to your children. Let's get your children alone. Let's have them ask some questions. Let's find out if we do this and we do that and we do the other thing. It is total and complete manipulation of children. Why? Because the same reason that tobacco companies went after them back in the 40s. Hook them while they're young. You get them in there. It's really easy if you uh, get these kids while they're young to start believing in ridiculous things. Because then when they're old enough, if they've only heard these ridiculous things and a childlike dismissal of anything contrary to it, they're likely to be on the dole forever. Do you really think Greta Thurburgler was out there? really critically looking into the science behind climate change? Do you really think she was out there going, I'm going to really get to the bottom of this and I'm going to figure out what the where the truth lies? No, she was told by adults in positions of power, in positions supposedly of trust, and her parents, it's a double whammy, that this garbage was true. That her life was never really going to be complete and she was probably going to die if she doesn't do something about to save the planet. It just so happened that uh, it dovetailed nicely with a liberal agenda and she went on to fame and fortune. And now she's a full-blown advocate for socialism. Why? Because that's really what the Green Movement is. The Green Movement is nothing but the Red Movement with a thin veneer of green paint over it. All we care about the planet. That's why we have to destroy capitalism. Really, because the capitalist countries are actually, if you believe the idea, the absurd idea that CO2 is somehow a horrible pollutant that is going to kill us all, you look at the freer countries, and the more free they are, the more their CO2 emissions have actually been reduced. Why? How? Through capitalism. That's right. They set out a goal to lower the CO2 emissions in the country for bizarre reasons, for leftist fever dream reasons. And once you had a profit uh, motive in there, people worked their butts off and found new ways to do the things that needed to be done in a less CO, I can't say polluting, but a less CO2 emitting way. That's how capitalism works. Communist countries are not offering innovations. Communist countries aren't doing a damn thing. By the way, this morning, there was a, I retweeted it, the Communist Chinese, the state-affiliated media, 
they released some video, it's like five minutes long, called the House of Cuts. And it's a mockery of, it's a parody of the House of Cards, but it is trying to make fun of the United States. And you sit there and you watch this thing. It's, it's done in English. It's clearly not for domestic consumption within China. And you realize that anybody who's truly creative in China has probably been thrown into a state prison. <laughs> Just to, They probably have tossed them into a state prison. Because this is done in a way that is so out of... They're trying to mock the United States to the people of the United States. Now, it'll find a receptive audience amongst the left here in this country. But it uses terminology and language in a way that clearly somebody doesn't speak English as a first language, might not speak English at all. They might have just thrown it into Google Translate. Like they refer to gas as petrol. Now, there there aren't very many uh, outside the UK. There's not too many people referring to gasoline as petrol, which would be fine if you were trying to mock the UK. But they're not trying to mock the UK. They're trying to mock the United States. These people are absolutely clueless as to what's going on around them. They just know they want to destroy. They're trying to construct a new reality or bastardize the reality as it is. Now, they can do it domestically, and they will do it in academia. Because if you get to these kids young enough, you will be able to get them, convince them of damn near anything, to be perfectly honest with you. That's how scary it is. As you convince these people of damn near anything if you get to them young enough and then you look at education and you realize my god these people dominate education now there are people of course who teach who are not left-wing activist wackos but it really only takes one if you're a, a sane fourth grade teacher who isn't about to sit there and try and indoctrinate your kids to there's just a rainbow of flavors when it comes to gender and it's perfectly normal and all if you're not going to do that you're probably just going to teach your fourth graders what fourth graders are supposed to be taught but if that child has been for the previous years in their education system taught by lunatics even half of the teachers were lunatics who had them and spent an inordinate amount of time telling them, you know what, every gender is valid, everything is this, everything is that, then by the time they get to you, you don't have to bring it up. You don't have to reinforce it. It's already in them. They also have the reinforcing nature of popular culture to hammer it home. Oh, by the way, I'm looking at Twitter. Eric Sorensen, I don't know, Eric, so is a congressman-elect from Illinois' 17th 17th district he's a moron he's a, an idiot and this is his twitter bio because of course this is how the left is congressman-elect illinois 17th district first meteorologist in congress in nearly 50 years Ooh, a meteorologist yeah that means what like a democrat you are used to being wrong most of the time and illinois first elected lgbtq representative ever and his pronouns, of course, are he, him. Now, if you're LG, you're not LGBTQ, right? You're one of those letters. Should you just declare yourself to be one of those letters? Presumably he's gay. I just guess. But he's not a 
chick pretending to be a dude or anything. He's not a woman at all, lesbian. So you can get rid of the L. You can maybe he's bi, maybe he's G and B. Who knows? But uh, T, no. Q, no. So cross those off the list. Why are if you're one, are you all? You shouldn't be all. You can't be all. You're one. You're part of the alphabet mafia, but you're really only one letter in the alphabet mafia. Anyway, this moron with bad hair, and he's got his hair like spiked up, and he looks like an idiot. He says, my pronouns are he, him. I believe in science, and I support Dr. Fauci. Why? Because Elon Musk tweeted this week that my pronouns are prosecute and Fauci. Kind of funny. Funny because it's true. He continues this congressman-elect, Elon Musk's continued bad actions kept me from buying a Tesla, and now I am ecstatic to have a UAW-made Chevrolet Bolt EV in my driveway. Congratulations. He's got he's a picture of him and uh, his car sitting there, like a moron. Sitting there going, okay, con- congratulations, or something, or whatever. Like, you're... You're dumb. So I, I responded. I said, if you hate what Elon Musk is doing to support freedom of speech so much that you drop 50K plus on a car, just wait till you read what the Constitution has to say about the idea. You'll crap your pants. Yeah. These people have no respect for the Constitution, no understanding of it. This moron is a, less than a month away from swearing an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Let us hope that Eric Sorensen, in the meantime, takes the time to read the document before swearing an oath to it, because I don't think he has. And maybe, just maybe, he'll find somebody or somebody will be in his life. Maybe the guy who works at the uh, GM dealership will be able to read it and explain it to him. Now, what's funny is, given the the failures of Secretary Mayor Pete in the Department of Transportation and the lead time it takes to buy a new car these days, this idiot probably ordered this car long before Elon Musk even bought Twitter. So he's lying on top of it would be my guess. That's just my guess. But I did mention President Fauci. President Fauci's farewell tour continues. Please go away. Go see, see, the farewell tour is going to go, and then it's the retirement tour. Now that he's out. Oh, see, while he's still, until the end of the year, still a government employee, he can't really let loose as much as he'd like to, probably. So once he's then out, oh, I've shed the shackles of uh, restraint that the government put on me. Now I can tell you what I really think, and so he'll get another tour of that that will help him sell his book because that's where he'll preview all the juicy bits that he's going to really let loose. I mean, I'm sure most of his book is written already and it's already being shopped around behind the scenes. He just doesn't want to doesn't want to announce the book deal right away. It'd be a little unseemly. It'd be like uh, getting remarried the day after your wife's funeral. I mean, a lot of people would look upon that as a little bit odd. Maybe there's something else going on behind the scenes and so on and so forth. That's kind of what uh, what Fauci is doing, I suspect. But in his farewell tour, he's making everywhere. He's making rounds everywhere. I don't know why the hell. What is he doing job-wise? That's all he does is seems to do is uh, give media interviews to friendly outlets. 
But he sat down with Chris Wallace, who I think is still at CNN and is also showing some his interviews on HBO Plus or Max or whatever. It's just, nobody cares what Chris Wallace has to say. But this was interesting because Chris Wallace gives Fauci a kind of a chance to walk things back and be a little come out a little bit saner than he came in. And instead, he just goes on and says, basically, we shouldn't, we should, we did no regrets about locking down kids because we didn't have the vaccine. He's still in love with this vaccine. He's famous for work on an AIDS vaccine that never worked. So why should we think his work on a COVID vaccine that doesn't work should be any different? Listen to this crap. There was a study that came out recently that said that nine out of 10 people that are dying in this country are over 65. Looking back, and I understand that this has been a dynamic situation, it's changed over time, could we have been less restrictive about schools and less restrictive about closing down the economy and focused, if not from the very start, earlier on, on the elderly? You know, in the absence of vaccination, that would have been very difficult to do. But right now that you have the ability to vaccinate people, you can actually clearly be much more liberal and open in what we're doing, which is where we we are really right now. But in the very beginning, when essentially everyone was at risk of infection, you can pass it on to someone else inadvertently, innocently, and have that person suffer a dire consequence. So when you're dealing in the beginning, it was like a tsunami that you needed to shut off quickly and then open up as quickly as you possibly can. Huh? What? Now that we we couldn't do it at the beginning because we didn't have vaccine. Now that we have vaccines, we could do it. Vaccines are so effective that pretty much everybody in this administration who has been double vaxxed, quadruple boosted, so on and so forth, have had to take significant time off because they've gotten COVID. How is that possible? Now, if the vaccines, quote unquote, help you prevent you from getting COVID, How'd they get COVID in the first place? If the vaccines stop you from being able to spread COVID, then why did those people have to take time off of work? They have COVID, but no big deal. It dies with them, as we were all told. It's just none of it worked out because why? Well, because so much of what leftists tell you is uh, just a straight up lie. President Fauci is no different. So much of what he says is just a straight-out lie. Chris Wallace doesn't push him and says, well, wait a second here, because we got a, a vaccine that is at best maybe, you know, 40% effective at lessening some of the issues. Maybe, just maybe, you're going to rethink this? You don't have any regret? No. Chris Wallace doesn't do journalism anymore. Chris Wallace hammers paychecks from CNN. <laughs> and curses him because he's a narcissist. He wishes he had an audience, but I guess the money he's getting from CNN is enough to offset the damage to his ego of not having an audience. Must work. We're out of time for today. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. We'll be back to do it all over again. See you then. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.